pastures where my heart drinks in deep the water sweet and some days you may lead me through the desert even then you're still the reason I can sing I am blessed
awesome, ain't it? Praise the Lord. Can we? Would you mind if the choir sang that again and we joined in with them? Can we do that? I saw so many of you singing anyway and you're sitting down there. Choir, would you do that one more time for us and, and let us, all the words are here, let's just sing it out for the Lord. In fact, if you can stand up, why don't, why don't you stand up and let's sing this through. Chris, lead us again.
as well keep standing because we're not done yet. We're just getting started. To God be the glory, great things he has done. Three verses, words are on the screen. Let's join our voices together. Ready? To God be the glory, great things he has done. interesting story. A gentleman named Lanny Wolf had a trio. They traveled around singing gospel music, and Lanny was known for writing a song, say, on a on a Wednesday, and then they'd sing it on a Friday. They didn't have much notice, and the group didn't, but he would teach them songs quickly. One instance, he was writing a song while they were on the platform singing at a special service, and he literally taught this song to his group as well as the congregation from the piano after writing it minutes before. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. You know, for these 38 years, the presence of the Lord has been in this place, and we've seen him do some mighty works 
of which we will praise him for all day long. From now on, we're going to sing this chorus together. Let's join our voices as we do so. Words are on the screen. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Ready? Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel His mighty power and His grace. I can hear the brush of angels' feet. I see glory on each singing you may be seated well great job choir great job orchestra and everyone today you didn't realize you were going to join the choir today and especially our guests you came today maybe for the first time and you're already in the choir but you did a great job today thank you so much for singing praise the lord all the glory goes to god and may that always be the case in our lives through our church and through what he's done. And thank you for being here today. Ushers, we do have a little bit more space still in the balconies and a few more up front here if you need it. But thank you for coming. We combined our 8.30 and 11 o'clock service this morning for our big 10.30 service for our 38th year anniversary. We're so glad you're here. And this is your first time today. Thank you for coming. We are so glad you're here. Maybe a friend invited you. Maybe you just drove by and just happened to stop in. We are so glad you're here. And the seat back in front of you is a guest connect card. If you would take a moment and maybe fill that out. Uh, We want to know how we can connect with you, how we can pray for you, or maybe how we can serve you better. We just are so thrilled you're here. After the service, if you'll see one of our assistant pastors in the back. Well, we have a little gift for you we want to give you. And we also have a meal as well for our guests and for everyone after the service. And we'll have a special chicken dinner uh, in celebration for our 38th anniversary today. And so we're excited about that. Uh, If you are a first, second, third, maybe fourth or fifth time, or maybe you're relatively new to our church, I want to just make one quick announcement and then we'll get into the rest of the day. Next Sunday is our starting point class. And this is for those who are brand new to our church, or maybe you're just trying to get to know a little bit more about the church, how you can serve, how you can get plugged in, or maybe... uh, Uh, how you can get more involved with Grandview Baptist Church and uh, how we can maybe answer some of your questions. We have a delicious uh, luncheon provided for you and it'll be at 1230, so right after the 11 o'clock service. In the the back there, in the welcome center there, is some uh, sign-up sheets if you'd like to sign up for that. We want to encourage you uh, to be a part of that. Ushers, do you have any more of these things here? Uh, Did anybody not get one of these special commemorative... uh, uh, bulletins here when you came in this morning just raise your hand we want to get these to you ushers thank you for your help in this area we have quite a few in the balcony as well if we can maybe get some up there in the balcony and thank you if we could get these out real quickly uh today is the 38th anniversary of grandview baptist church and it was started 38 years ago by pastor mike and vicky mutchler they came out here uh well from from back east to start a church And Pastor has reiterated time and time again, I don't want today to be about me. I want it to be about God and and His glory. And by the way, we, we spent the first few minutes giving God all the glory in our worship. But this morning, we are going to take a little bit of time and make it about Pastor and Ms. Vicki because without their willingness to give of themselves all these years and their love and concern and care, 
our church uh, would not be where it's at today. And so, Miss Vicki, could I ask you to come up here if you could? And uh, we have a video that Brother Cameron, where's Brother Cameron? I don't know if he's in here, but he spent hours on this video. And we put together uh, in 21 minutes... 38 years worth of history, okay? And uh, we want you guys to be able to watch it together uh, there if you can. And then we also have a few things we want to do for them this morning. And so if we can go ahead and show the video at this time. And uh, if you can settle in and find your spot, we're going to show the video. And then we'll uh, go ahead and, and get on with the rest of the service this morning. So. Well, when I was 23 years of age, I started a church in Arkansas, was there five and a half years. God blessed, bought land, built a building, but it was in the Bible Belt. And I wanted to see more people come to faith in Christ. Our best year, we had 68 people get saved. And I knew that there was more. One day I heard that Oregon was the state with the largest percentage of unchurched people. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. That's, that's where the gospel needs to go. And thinking about that and praying about that, God gradually led us to resign our church in Arkansas and to go to Oregon if that was God's will. And certainly after much prayer, we knew it was God's will. Vicki and I knelt down in our living room and said, Lord, if you're calling us to Oregon, we're, really, we're ready to go. I got my family settled in a home and uh, knocked on 4,000 doors, 1,000 a week for four weeks. And then on the week before the service, we also passed out 2,000 flyers. And so we were just praying that God would touch hearts. We had quite a few prospects on the list. But that first service, we had 75 people show up, which is what we've been praying for for five months, the exact figure of 75 and God bless, we had three people saved. Everything was exciting. I led the music, it was terrible, <laughs> but we had so much fun about it. I would remind the people that the Bible says make a joyful noise. So even though nothing was on key, uh, we, we just had a good time with it. Miss Vicki had the juniors on down, even holding babies in her arms while she taught. Uh, but God bless that enthusiasm. It wasn't long. I had people who were willing to be ushers. I had people who were greeters. We had one or two that could be Sunday school teachers, and we started branching out. Hello, my name is Mike Mutchler. I'm pastor of Grandview Baptist Church. Behind me, you have a view of Portland. Throughout this area of greater Portland, there's 1.4 million people. The very reason God brought me to this place eight years ago was endeavoring to reach as many of these people as we can with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. As a result of that, Grandview Baptist Church has been established. We meet in the Carpenters Union Hall. It's a union building that only seats about 200. So as a result of that, we've had to rent additional buildings. Well, the very first service, we had three teenagers come. And uh, one of them trusted Christ as their Savior that morning. And I told them, listen, I know we only have three teenagers, but if you'll keep coming, I promise you, we will have one of the largest youth groups throughout this area. Well, it wasn't long. We went from those three to about a dozen. But what really blew our youth group into a large group was sharing the gospel. 
I started teaching our teenagers how to share the gospel, and they all went to public school, and they knew a few Christians at school, and they would tell them how they're sharing the gospel. And they'd say, you're kidding, how do you do that? And they'd say, come and see. And so every Friday, we would meet with teenagers and share the gospel. We'd meet at our home. Miss Vicki would cook for everyone, uh, and we'd eat after they came back sharing the gospel. One of the first teen services I ever attended just blew me away, the quality of teens and their passion for soul winning. That started with 10, and then it went to 16, then to 21, 24, 27. About a year later, we met at a home and had 54 teenagers from public school background who came and met at a home just to go share the gospel. Out of that first group, 12 of them went off to Bible college, and many of them pastor in our ministry today. When we were meeting in the Carpenter's Hall, of course, we were there for nine and a half years before we moved on this property. I had many people say, you know, Pastor, when we get a building, we're going to grow a lot faster. And I would say, yeah, I know that. But the kind of people that will come and sit in a metal chair for Sunday school and church and Sunday night and Wednesday night, I said, those are the kind of people you can build a church with. And so those were core people. So when we moved on property, all we had was core people because not many fringe people uh, go to that situation. And it was an exciting thing. We had to sacrifice and God just blessed and took our sacrifice, added it all together and we were able to get on this property and start building our first building. Once we got a building, it was like, wow, how are we, how are we ever going to fill out all this space? I think we'd come into this building running about 250, and it was a, a rather large building. But the very next year for Easter, we had 1,005 people in that only one building. When we had that uh, Easter in the first building of 1005, we realized we need more educational space. Uh, now, two years earlier, we just finished the first building. And then two years later, we were building on the educational building. Then two years later, we were adding on to the nursery of the original building. Then three years later, we were starting on the new auditorium. Then three years later, we were buying the five acres behind us. It's just every two or three years, we had to expand. We just had more and more people come. The largest amount we've ever had on property at one time was the Easter where we had 2,400. And there was just no room to park. We had 400 cars, and our parking lot holds about 240. So you see, God was blessing in amazing ways. We had days where... 400, 500 people would get saved on property. Uh, it, it was just unbelievable what God was doing. Grandview Christian Academy started when Miss Vicki said, Honey, I'm not homeschooling anymore. We homeschooled for six years. So that next Sunday, I said to our people, We're starting a Christian school. They all go, Yay! And then they say, Where are we going to meet? I said, I don't know. Who's going to teach? I don't know. What's the curriculum? I don't know. I just know my wife said she's not homeschooling anymore, so we're starting a Christian school. Now, that was two weeks before school started. 
two weeks later, we had a place to meet, we had a teacher with a master's degree to start our school, and we had the curriculum all set. We started with 12 people, and before the year was out, it grew to 20. But little by little, it started to grow, and God blessed. Once we got on this property, we had our very first missions conference, and we had about seven missionaries as a part of that. Most of those people are still on the field, and we're still supporting them. They were just young, right out of college. Now they have kids who are in college. But God blessed. Now, all along, we were supporting as many missionaries as we can. It started out with like 20, and then go 30, and then 40, and 50. It got well over 100. And God just started blessing. We have put millions into missions because in the last many years, we've given probably about 220, 240,000 a year. And so it's all added up to quite a bit of money. But the most important thing is uh, we support missionaries that want to win people to Christ. They're not just people on vacation in foreign fields. They're not just pastoring a church in foreign fields. They care about winning as many people to Christ as they possibly can, and that's our kind of missionary. I realized that we had a Spanish population in the area, and I wanted to reach them. And one of our young ladies who went through our um, school and graduated, uh, went to Bible college and married a young man who was uh, from Cornavaca, Mexico. And so I asked them to come and start a Spanish church. So we moved them here, uh, gave them a real nice room, and started the Spanish work, helped them knock on doors and such. Well, they had over 200 the first Sunday. It was just an amazing work. Then it eventually got up to 300. At the same time, we had someone visit our church and ask if I'd be interested in starting a Korean ministry. Well, I hadn't ever thought about that. Uh, but I met a pastor from Korea who was in the States, and he was wanting to start a Korean church. Well, I had to speak to him through an interpreter because he didn't speak English, I didn't speak Korean, but God blessed. And after a few years, they were averaging about 150 people every single Sunday. Well, it was at a time where we were growing and packing out our buildings, and then on top of that, we'd have 300 Spanish coming right after that, and then we had 150 Koreans after that. So what happened is they each went and got at different locations, and because of that, uh, we went down in attendance by about 450 people, but it also gave us, the English church, more of our room to grow and prosper. So we have been in the process of completely uh, growing into this space and adding more space. You know, even last Sunday, I was thinking about all those who uh, grew up at our church or are now in ministry, and then those who were staff members who are now pastoring churches or having started churches. And it's hard to imagine, but I counted 25 different people, different works uh, in the Northwest and around this world that at one time were a part of Grandview Baptist Church. And many of those we financially supported until they became self-supporting. 
So it's it's amazing that our church has not only gathered people, but we've also sent people, and they're in ministry all around this world. You know, in the early days, we, we wanted to reach as many people as possible. So we had a program called Children's Fair. Uh, it was just some crazy little games, but 25 people showed up, and 10 boys and girls trusted Christ as their Savior. And it was just like, wow, 10 in one day got saved. Well, a few weeks later, we thought, you know, we could do that bigger and better. And the next year, 75 people came, and 25 people got saved. And then we thought, oh, we can do it bigger and better. You know, that tends to be the pattern here at Grandview, bigger and better. We went from 75 to 150, from 150 all the way to 400, from 400 to 600, from 600 to 800. And friend, that was all in the Carpenter's Hall. And we never ran a bus on those days. Big days are when people had to drive in. And not only did we see more and more people saved, but even back in the Carpenter's Hall with the dunking booth, we had one Sunday where a hundred people were baptized in a dunking booth. Now, from that time, we've continued to have bigger days. We've had days of 500 getting saved, almost a thousand getting saved. Um, Our biggest outreach ever was right before COVID on our Easter program. Uh, We went out in area parks throughout Portland, about 40 of them, and held services, had 10,016 people show up at one of those services, and we had 1,653 people trust Christ as their Savior, and that was over two weekends. When we think about ministries, about everything uh, you can imagine, we've tried. I always tell pastors, if you're not failing a lot, you're not trying enough times. So failure is always the path to success. We would have days that worked really well. We'd have days that didn't work as well. Uh, I remember on our five-year anniversary, we had 468. Um, The interesting about it is in that auditorium where I preached, we only had about four members. The rest of them were all brand new people. And no one there knew what to do. And I was one of the only people in that auditorium. The rest of the people were all on the outside working with children. And so we realized that we had to do things differently. We had a big day for children in our building here on the property one time. And I thought, you know, I'm the master talker. I can preach to children. So we put 450 kids in an auditorium that was built for 290 And I thought, I'm going to preach to them. A lot of them are going to get saved, and it's going to be marvelous. Well, the truth is, if I could stand on my head and juggle, I still couldn't have got their attention. It was chaos. And so early on, we made a decision. Every time we have a big day, we're going to break it down in groups of 75 or less. And so we found that even laymen could handle children at that size, groups that size. And so we would have staff people preach over and over and over on big days, always with small groups. And when we added it all together, it was a marvelous day. When we had Steve Frost as our youth pastor, he said, Pastor, I want to reach young people with the gospel, but I want them to come on property. Could I have a teen explosion? Well, we decided to do that. 
And at that time, there was nothing like that in America. There were always teen conferences, but those were conferences, churches. Those were saved people for the most part, saved Christians. We were going after public school kids that didn't know Jesus. And so we had gifts, we had things we gave away, and they would come hear the gospel. And we have had about 1,200 people trust Christ as their Savior through youth explosions. It's just amazing what God's done using that. Uh, I grew up in a church that ran 60. Uh, I never was a part of a church that ran over 200 ever. So everything we've learned, we had to learn by trial and error. Many years ago, I heard it takes at least 20 years to build a great church, and I believe that does. Uh, But I'm glad I stayed because I've been able to see the fruit. You know, a lot of times pastors pastor long enough to plant fruit trees, but they never get to pick the peaches, pick the apples, pick the plums, because they're gone somewhere else planting fruit trees in another field. The one thing about sticking in one place is you see generations. You you go to uh, a young couple that you led to Christ or started coming to church at a young age. Uh, you you participate in their wedding. You go to the hospital when their baby's born. And then later, you get to be the one who does the wedding for their babies because they're now adults. And then you get to be the baby. You do the baby dedication for the children of the parents you led to Christ so many years ago. It's just amazing. If you stick long enough, all the blessings you'll see, you'll have people leave the church through the years. But if you stick long enough, you'll have people come back as well. And so that's exciting. You know, as I think about our church, uh, it has been one blessing after blessing. There's burdens, uh, you know, in every area of life, there's burdens, there's heartaches. We've had our share of that, but very few of them. But I found that if you care about souls, if you want to see people come to faith in Christ, if you're willing to just stick with the Word of God and preach it and teach it, you're going to find that God blesses a church like that. And we have been a church that's blessed of God from the very early days all through all these years. Uh, When COVID has almost destroyed a lot of churches, God's remade our church. About a third of our people are brand new since COVID started here at Grandview Baptist Church. And that is God's blessing, not us, not what we do. It's all what God has done. For the people of Grandview, and may I say thank you for the joy of being your pastor for these 38 years. Some of you, I've been your pastor for a few months, others for many, many years, some from almost the very first day. But may I say, especially to those who've been here a while, uh, you have been such a blessing to Miss Vicki and I, and there's been so many times where we just could not get things done without the involvement of our people. And we've always had a church that just rose to the occasion. You always pitched in. You believed in your pastor. And if you doubted me, you never said it. And I want to say thank you for that. What a joy it has been to be the pastor of Grandview Baptist Church. And by the way, I'm looking forward to the joy of serving a brand new pastor here at Grandview Baptist Church. God bless you all. We love you. 
If I listed the ten churches in America that I admire the most, this church would be one of them. I remember those days you didn't have this nice building, this nice property. You just sort of bounced around from one place to the other, stayed someplace the rent came due, and then left, went somewhere else. And uh, it's, uh, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing how this church has stayed together. And uh, I, uh, I admire you very much. Because the truth of the matter is, is that anything you do for the Lord, there's, there's a cost to it. There is a cost. I'll tell you something. There's nobody who has sacrificed more than the man that you see sitting in front of you here, Pastor Mike Mudgler. I mean, there's not very many of you who can say, pack all your belongings into a U-Haul truck and travel across, across the country to a place you've never been. I tell you, it takes the faith of Abraham to do that. Going to a place where that I will show you. And that's exactly what he did. And everything you see here is because of that. The reason you are here and the reason I'm here is because of his vision. And I'd like, I mean, I'd like to honor the man of God. We trust you've enjoyed the program today at the Grandview Baptist Hour. We hope the Spirit of God spoke to your heart. We hope you'll join the many hundreds of people who join with us every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. We believe God speaks to hearts. That's evidenced by many decisions being made for Christ every single service. It's been an exciting journey as God's brought us to this place in our history. We hope that you'll join us in the future and be a part of what God is doing here at Grandview Baptist Church. Thank you so much for joining with us today. Did you enjoy that pink chair? Wasn't that beautiful? Pastor and Ms. Vicki, if you'll come up to center stage here. Let's give them a big hand. Why not? We have a, um, a few presentations this morning from our church family, and you guys may be seated. Thank you. Uh, and also from our deacon board, I'm going to start with our first presentation to uh, Pastor and Miss Vicki, and that is sharing with both of you a gift of words. Now, we're starting off by sharing with you, and we also have flowers. Are those for Miss Vicki or Pastor? I don't know. Okay. We have, first of all, a uh, gift of words from the Word of God. We want to thank you for... Let me just hold one of these real quickly. We want, to th- we want to thank you for presenting the Word of God, both of you, uh, for 38 years, opening the Word of God. Uh, we show up at church, and a Bible message is taught or presented or preached to us. Uh, sometimes it's been by a bedside in a, in a hospital, but you've opened the Word of God, and you've shared that. In some settings, it's common for the church people to maybe come up to the pastor or the guest preacher and get them to sign, get you to sign their Bible. Well, today we're going to leave these two. This one is for pastor, and no, that one's for pastor, okay, and this one is for Miss Vicki. This is the preaching Bible, and that's the, anyway, uh, we're going to leave both of these on the welcome desk, and we are encouraging our church people to uh, 
grab a pen and sign it, maybe jot a little note or something of thanks if you'd like to, and then we will present these to each of you as a way of saying thank you for sharing the Word of God with us for all these 38 years. Wow. Next we have, can you hold that please? Next we have a gift of words from our church family. The last several weeks we have been working on this uh, Uh, our gift of words from a variety of different church people. And throughout this book are scores and scores of people who have taken time and written out a thank you or maybe a memory of how you bless their home. And this is something that you can cherish and enjoy and read through. And uh, we want to present that to you both as well. A gift of words from the Word of God and from our church people. Can we give them a big hand again? And at this time, we're calling up the deacon board, if they can come up, all the deacons in our church, please come forward quickly. And you know who you are, okay, there you go, I hope you do. And they have a presentation as well for Pastor and Miss Vicki, and these guys are coming up here. All right, so, you know, um, we, I guess I maybe, maybe I will use this. Is, this. is this on now? Okay. So, you know, it's one thing to say that we've got this plaque being made and there's something, you know, in the other church, in the other building, the new family center. We have a plaque that's being made. It's being etched in crystal. And it's going to be a beautiful, it's going to be a really a beautiful thing, but it's like, it's once the... Family centers made, you know, built and everything else, so we're going to put it in there. It wouldn't be the same not giving you something. So as a deacon board, as, as a deacon and as a church, we wanted to give you something that you have in your hand. But before, I, before we even say that, I want, to, I want to share a couple things. If you've been here long enough, you've been here just for a short time, but if you've been here long enough, you realize that pastor for so many years, for a long time, is wanting to have... It was, it was a multi-purpose room, it was a gym, and now it's called the Family Center. But it's been a desire for a long time, and, and it's never really come to, you know, come, to, come to grips, and it hasn't really you know, gelled together. But God's grace, we're starting to see that. You know, God's grace, we're seeing now. We finally are seeing this Family Center being built. And Pastor, you said this about every two years, but you know... As deacon, I can tell you, I'm going to say something that's funny. It's, it's kind of funny, on a lighted part, because I really wanted to not get too deep in other, you know, stuff. Because it, it's 38 years is a long time. And you guys have been such a blessing to all of us. And, but what Pastor would say in our deacon's meeting, he said, Fellas, if I ever come up with a new plan, a new building program, he said, Shoot me. <laughs> now, figuratively, he's, he's meaning that. But seriously, Pastor, you've outlived your nine lives as a cat because about every two years, Pastor's got a new program, a new plan, and we're, we're going to be doing this. And it's like, oh, we take a deep breath. But you know what? God's been good. And, and we have this plaque, 
And I want, to, I want to read what it says. It says, in honor and recognition of outstanding commitment for 38 years of service at Grandview Baptist Church, this family center is lovingly dedicated to Pastor Mike and, Mick and Vicki Mutchler. And the verse here is Psalms 118, 23. This is the Lord's doing. It is a marvelous in our eyes. And I just want to say thank you from our hearts. And this is for you guys. want to say thank you so much for your kindness. Uh, it's been a wonderful journey, and uh, we will treasure this for a long time, and we look forward to seeing it in the Family Center. Now, now Pastor, it's more than just a plaque that's going to be in there. We want to name this Family Center the Mutzler Family Center. it doesn't fall in. I mean, uh, but anyway, it's very kind. I appreciate that. One more thing we wanted to do. We all got together. We know it's been 38 uh, long years, not long years, but uh, 38 uh, wonderful years that, that maybe have felt long at times. And we want to give you a little something else, Brother Merle, and come on up here and maybe share just a word or two, uh, and Brother Gene or whoever with us as well. So... 38 years is a long time. <laughs> the first time I met Pastor Mutchler was at the front door of my house, and I was rude to him. He came to visit our son, Gabriel, who happened to be downstairs, and I'm thinking, I'm not going to get cornered in my own house by a preacher. It ain't going to happen. So anyway, like I said, you can go downstairs, Pastor, if you want. I've got an appointment. And I went to some restaurant and had coffee. I was rude to him. One of the things I'd like to point out is that the White family was introduced to Pastor by one of our younger sons, Gabriel. Gabriel, would you come up and give us just a two or three minute... uh, Explanation. So um, it's been, uh, I was one of the teenagers in the early years, uh, Pastor Mark talked about. I got to be um, part of that, and it is a privilege. Um, and uh, when I met Pastor for the first time, I was at the Fred Meyer parking lot. And uh, I don't know what we were in the car waiting for at the time, but uh, this uh, guy comes walking up to our car and he, he hands out a track. He says, uh, do you guys know, do you guys have a church you go to? Said, no, I didn't. And, and do you know for sure if you die today, you'd go to heaven? Because that was what pastors always taught us um, and through the years. And what a great opening line. It's, it has uh, been a, 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 one of the greatest things I learned from him, how to lead people to Christ. Anyway, the, um, and I said at the time, if I recall, I said, yes, with all of the assurance, hoping I was right. I didn't know for sure. It took a little while of learning the Word of God to realize that it was trusting Jesus that takes a person to heaven and not just hoping it was so. And uh, so I, I uh, 
was looking for a church. My sister, I used to go with my sister to a church in West Lynn. We lived in Oregon City. She was getting married, so my ride to church in West Lynn was leaving. So uh, there was this uh, church that Pastor had introduced us to, and it was just across the field from where we lived. So you went through Hillendale Park, and you went across Red Soils Field. It's changed a lot since then in the years, but, uh, and then I would just go show up to church there. And... Um, and that was my introduction to becoming a Baptist, all those weird, crazy, nutty Baptists. And I have loved it ever since. Pastor, thank you so much, and God bless you. You know, the deacons and several of the staff members, we got together, and we spent a lot of time trying to figure out what can we do to commemorate this time We've had 38 years, and we send him on a trip. What are we going to do? What are we going to do to commemorate this? And we finally decided from the members of Grandview Baptist Church and the deacons, we, they put in 38 years of hard, hard work. You should have seen it in the very beginning. The pastor... There was not a day the people were not flowing in and out of his house. He held, we even had weddings in his house. And uh, we didn't have a church. But in any event, what we finally decided to do was this. After all that hard work, we were going to commemorate this from the church and deacons, each year of service, we're going to present to, with, to them $1,000 for each year. So we are presenting to Pastor and Mrs. Mutchler Okay, I've just decided to stay till 50. <laughs> that's, that's, that's unheard of. That, that's un, uh, unbelievable. Uh, we, uh, we've always lived tight because we're always building buildings. <laughs> and so... Uh, Hopefully, uh, Miss Vicki will hold on to that, and it won't all go to the family center. <laughs> but thank you so much. Uh, it has been a tremendous, tremendous joy of our lives, and I mean that sincerely. And it's not the land and the buildings and, and these things. It's the people. Uh, I've often said, uh, if I wasn't a pastor, I would just love to be a member of this church because there's so many people who love God and love each other, and you are a great joy to come and just worship with and be with, and you have become our family. When we moved 2,400 miles from home 38 years ago, this was our family. And so older members were our grandparents to our kids, and uh, uh, people our age were our brothers and sisters. People younger were our nieces and nephews. It's just been a family, and that's what I believe a church ought to be, is a, 
spiritual family. And I trust and I believe with all my heart the best is yet to come. And we are continuing to see miracle after miracle after miracle. From my wife and myself, thank you, thank you very much. And Miss Vicki, I'll give you the last word. I know it's going to take my preaching time, but come on. Well, this is very overwhelming. I love all of you so much. And for the past 38 years, I've pretty much lived in the valley of Ono. And if you know me, you know what that means. I was usually the one that was politically incorrect. I usually asked for forgiveness and not for permission. Um, I had the compliment of someone telling me one time I was not like any other pastor's wife they had ever had. Um, maybe because I was running through the halls with a squirt gun trying to get one of the teens. But um, one of the guys asked me today, what was the record for number of haircuts you gave on Friday night after teen soul winning? I think it was 20. 20 haircuts. Um, and I need you guys to pay up. Uh, because that was free. But uh, thank you so much. Uh, we love you, and we're looking for many years to keep serving. I, I was getting kind of excited when they said they were going to send him on a trip. <laughs> but, okay, it's all right. I'll, I'll stick with him. Thank you. be seated. <clears throat> what a wonderful, powerful time that was. And I, I as well, am very grateful for the love and investment the Mutchlers have, have invested in myself as well. And uh, they've invested in so many. And thank you, uh, Gabe, for sharing a little bit today. We wanted not only a video, we wanted uh, not only uh, uh, something tangible to give, but also some verbal things. And we're going to have some time later today to give some testimonies I hope you'll be thinking about maybe something to share. And we want this just to be a special day, as it already has. At this uh, time, for our ushers could come forward, we now got to take an offering to pay for that check. So, uh, <clears throat> no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. We had that taken care of. Um, but, anywho, we do want to have our regular offering. This is for our church, uh, just to take care of uh, just all our day-to-day -day, uh, bills. Uh, and our missionaries and, and our bus ministry and all that. Thank you for your faithfulness in giving. I know many of you sacrifice all the time for this great church because you're doing it for the Lord, as in to the Lord. And we're thankful that the church is a vehicle that we give through to reach this area in the world for Christ. And we're thankful for that. So at this time, Brother John Hoxie is going to come up and uh, pray for the offering. And uh, then we'll have a special, and then Pastor will, will preach to us. Let's pray together. Father, we're so thankful, Lord, for all the many years and all the work that's gone into uh, 
Grandview Baptist Church. Lord, thank you for uh, what you've done here, and especially through Pastor and Miss Vicki and, and all that's gone on here. And Lord, we're so thankful that we've been able to meet here this morning and do all of these wonderful things, and thank you for providing for it. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us the opportunity to, to give back to your work. And Lord, we praise you for it. We pray you'll take this offering. Uh, Lord, we just want to continue to see many lives transformed for your glory, many saved and baptized, joining the church and going out and, and repeating that process, Lord, like we've done for many, many years here. And God, I pray your blessings would continue to flow upon this place and in our lives, uh, upon this service even now, Lord. And uh, Lord, your blessings to continue, Lord. We sure love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your kindness. I appreciate that so very much. What a blessing. Uh, Afterwards, we're going to have some fried chicken and fixings and all of that. And then we'll come in and share a few testimonies and then have the privilege of voting in the next pastor of Grandview Baptist Church, Pastor Lehman. And I am excited about that. Uh, I feel like today is a day that we pass the baton, and I'm uh, just praising the Lord that it's passing a baton without fumbling it. Uh, I believe that God has been in every element of this, and he has been co-pastor this year. It's been a tremendous journey, a tremendous joy. Uh, Brother Layman is not just a, a pastor or co-pastor Uh, But he's almost like one of our sons. He lived with us for three years. He was one of the 116 people through the years who have lived with us. Um, And so it is just amazing. We have always had people. And people say, how can you do that? I said, well, it's hard to have a fuss or a fight when you got strangers living with you. So (laughs) it has been a wonderful blessing for our home. We we get along perfect. and, uh, and so that, that has been a tremendous blessing trying to be a help. Take your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 7, if you will. 1 Samuel chapter 7. If you'll listen quick, I'll go quickly through the message this morning. So much to say. Uh, uh, different people have come up and, and said a few words to me, and I have tried not to think too much about it. It is a sentimental journey. Uh, but the good news is, uh, that's, what's heaven, that's what heaven is for. Heaven is for remembering all the wonderful ways that God's used you and your family and your children, your grandchildren, the church, the ministry. Uh, this has not been what uh, Mike Mutchler or Miss Vicki Mutchler have done. This has all been a work of God. And... Um, And we need to make sure that we understand that. And may I say to new people here at Grandview Baptist Church, um, you know, the services and the way we do things here might be a little strange to some of you. But let me just say, uh, there is in this room the most marvelous collection of Christians you'll find anywhere. And if you'll just get to know them, your life will continually be blessed over and over and over. They're the most caring, loving people. They love the Lord Jesus, uh, but they also love people, and they're kind, very kind to people. And I love that about our church. I love the fact that when you come to church, you're excited in being in God's house. It's not a drudgery. It's a joy to gather with one another. And we've had that from the very first day in the Carpenter's Hall. It was so exciting. And every Sunday since then has been exciting as well. If you found 1 Samuel chapter 7, if we could stand to our feet as I read. I'm starting at verse 1. You can follow along on the screen as well. And the men of Kerjak. Kerjath-Jerim came and fetched up the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadab in the hill and sanctified Eleazar his son to keep the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass while the ark abode in Kerjath-Jerim that the time was long for it was 20 years and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. 
And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If ye do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve him only. And he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. And the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtaroth, and serve the Lord only. And Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray for you unto the Lord. And they gathered together to Mizpah, and drew water, and poured it out before the Lord, and fasted on that day, and said there, We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel in Mizpah. And when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel were gathered together to Mizpah, the lords of the Philistine went up against Israel, and when the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. And the children of Israel said to Samuel, Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. And Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it for a burnt offering holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel, and the Lord heard him. And as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day unto the Philistines, and disconfited them, and they were smitten before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and smote them until they came under Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shin and called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. So the Philistines were subdued, and they came no more into the coast of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer, and you may be seated. Father, thank you so much for this time we have together. Lord, these unexpected events and kindness that they have showed this preacher and his wife, Lord, you know, we do not deserve those things. That's just being kind and gracious, and I'm so thankful for that. Uh, The only one who deserves glory and honor today is you, uh, because it's all you're doing. And Lord, we thank you that you will always be the one we can praise with great confidence. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And you may be seated. In this passage of Scripture, we find that Samuel is coming uh, on his own as being a spiritual leader. If you're familiar with 1 Samuel, you'll know that in chapter 4, the Ark of the Covenant was captured. In chapter 5, the Ark of the Covenant became a very uh, great sore sore spot to the Philistines, and literally sore spot if you know what all that caused. Not only did people die, but uh, they also had a a, a condition that was given to all the children of the Philistines. And needless to say, they said, let's get rid of this. It's, It's hurting us. It's killing us. And so they got a new cart, and they got a milk cow to to pull it, and they left the calf of that cow uh, back so that if the cow turned around, they knew it was by accident all this was happened. But the cow went to the land of the Israelites, 
crying out all the time for its calf, and it was God's way of showing that they're going because of God, and that's exactly what happened. Now, it gets there, and the Ark of the Covenant has been uh, isolated for 20 years, as our text tells us. The people uh, want God's presence again. God brought the ark back to Israel 20 years earlier because he discomforted the Philistines. But it doesn't mean the nation of Israel had gotten back to God. But that's exactly what they were wanting to do now. They said, we miss God in our lives. We miss God's presence. We miss God's power. The very first sermon I preached here at Grandview Baptist Church back in the Carpenters Hall 38 years ago, I I preached on the fact that I'd rather meet in an abandoned warehouse and have the presence and power of God than the finest auditorium a man could build. Because see, it's not buildings that God invades, it's his people. And when God's people get together and they're looking to the Lord, the Lord will meet with them. And that's what Israel is crying out for. And so uh, Samuel here says, well, put away your gods and idolatry, and, and then I'll pray for you. And they all come together and said, we're done with idolatry. We're done with Baal. We're done with Asheroth. We're, we're done with all of that idolatry. It, it is worthless. And by the way, idolatry is always worthless. There's only one God. And he reigns over the affairs of the universe. And his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, is our savior. Praise God for that. And so it gathers them together. Now, having gathered together, the Philistines misread the interpretation of that. And they say they're gathering together to do battle against us. And so they call everyone to arms and all the Philistines, the habitual mortal enemy of Israel, the Philistines, gathered together and said, now we're going to wipe them out because they're all at Mizpah. Now, Mizpah was on the border between Israel and the land of the Philistines. And so while they're gathering to worship God, the Philistine says they're gathering to fight us. And so we're going to attack them first. And that's what happens. And when Israel sees that the uh, Philistines have amassed themselves near Mizpah and they're going to come down. They go to Samuel and they say, Samuel, uh, pray for us. We came to worship. We left our sword at home. You you know, and and you come to church, you leave your, uh, your, your gun safe is still at home, right? And so all the weapons were at home. And here they are, and the Philistines are coming with their shields and swords and spears and arrows, and, 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 and we're going to get wiped out. Pray to God for us. And Samuel does. And just like every humble prayer of a Christian, God heard. And God still hears our prayers. Amen? Amen. Man, what a blessing. God hears our prayers. When we humble ourselves, uh, there's been times in the history of our, of our church, and I won't get into all the details, but I, I remember about uh, probably a dozen years ago, we were going through a particular summer where uh, uh, we weren't meeting budget, and we were in the red, 
And uh, you can only do that so long unless you're the U.S. government, right? <laughs> then you can just go deeper and deeper. But anyway, that's another subject. But you, you and I can't do that long. And so I would gather our staff, our, our pastoral staff, and we would come into this place and we'd lay on the carpet. And we'd just go around in a circle and it'd take us about 45 minutes to do it and we would pray asking God to help. And we'd do that day after day after day through the summer. And by the way, God heard our humble prayer. And if you want to really get a hold of God, lower yourself. The lower you go, the more God loves that. Humility always catches God's attention. And so the children of Israel humble themselves and, and uh, Samuel prays and God answers that prayer and he sends big old hailstones down and just starts falling on the Philistines and now they're dragging themselves, the ones who have not died or injured and they're dragging themselves away and the Bible says the Israelites just followed them to Beth Carr, you know, slaying them and wiping them out because they're the enemy. And Samuel in his wisdom that day gathers a stone together and he calls it Ebenezer. Ebenezer. You see, Samuel recognized if, if, if the people weren't careful They might think Samuel accomplished this. He did not. If the people were not careful, they might think they accomplished that. They did not. And so he put up the stone called Ebenezer, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. He wanted all of Israel to know that it was the Lord's doing that brought the victory. And I wanted to remind all of us here this morning that it's always the Lord's doing that brings a victory in any church, in any Christian's life, in anything that's done for the cause of Christ. It is the Lord's doing, not what we manufacture as ourselves. I'm afraid over the years I've probably messed up things more than accomplished things But it's amazing that God could use any of us for his glory. Amen? He can. He will use the least of us if we offer ourselves to the Lord. And he has done that time after time after time. Today is that milestone of 38 years. It's a little blip of time unless you put it in the life of an individual. Then it becomes quite a long time, I should say. But it's been full of friendships and amazing miracles. Through it all, it was the Lord. It wasn't me and it wasn't us. It was always him. He always came through for us. And by the way, he always will. And I'm excited about the future as well, seeing God do that. Ebenezer was a testimony of achievement. As they placed that rock, it was... Uh, a reminder to everyone, look what God did. And they placed it on the very border of where the Philistines was, where they were, because for the rest of the life of Samuel, the Philistines were not in their area 
Because God conquered them. And it was a testimony. Your enemies don't live next door because look what God did. And everyone who saw that stone stone knew it was Ebenezer. Many years ago, we built our first building. And then uh, about two years later, we were putting in a parking lot. And one thing about the land of Oregon I found is you will not have to dig deep before you found some very big rocks. Now in Tennessee, we have a lot of rocks, but not big, big rocks. But I mean, these are so big, sometimes dozers can't push them around. They are massive stones. And we found one stone that uh, was probably about three foot wide by four foot long. And uh, we had some heavy equipment on property. And you know, uh, one thing a man loves is getting on heavy equipment and driving around. Even if you don't even know what you're doing, there's just something about pushing dirt and doing, you know, driving something that has wheels taller than you are. It's amazing. And we had a big front end loader and I was able to pick up this massive stone. Barely. I got to carry it two inches off the ground. If I tried to lift it up more, the back wheels lifted up. This rock was so heavy. So very carefully I got it and I put it in front of the original building and we got a brass sign that says, Ebenezer, hitherto hath the Lord helped us. A few years ago, we had another piece of heavy equipment on property and I thought, well, maybe I'll move it from there up here. And I couldn't even lift it off the ground without the back wheels coming up. I don't know what kind of massive equipment it would take to move that thing. But I wanted to remind our church, it's always God. It's always God. And you know, it doesn't matter how God blesses your life, your marriage, your business, uh, all the things, your family. May I say it's always God. And it's so easy to take the glory that belongs to him and put a little of it on ourselves. But may I suggest that's the best way to corrupt your home, your family, your business, your ministry, your church, is to start taking God's glory and putting it on yourself. It wasn't that you were wiser than anybody else. It wasn't that you had more talent or worked harder than anybody else. It was God's grace and God's goodness that gave you the family and the business and the home and the ministry and the church. That was all God's doing. And so all of those accomplishments are from the Lord. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. When I started Grandview Baptist Church, that was my uh, favorite verse in all of Scripture. Miss Vicki and I traveled 2,400 miles with our two kids at the time, and we had 50 songbooks to start our new church. That's all we had is 50 songbooks. But we knew that whatever we lacked, God had. And you know that's true today as well. Everything that we'll ever lack as a church, God still has God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the wealth in every mine. 
He owns the rivers and the rocks and rills, the sun and stars that shine. Wonderful riches more than tongue can tell. He is my father, so they're mine as well. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I know that God will take care of me. And he will you and every one of us and our children and our families. If we look to the Lord, he will supernaturally provide every single step of the way. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. And that power is the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, You know, unless the Spirit of God breathes on something, nothing gets done. And when it comes to God's work, it is not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. And so you cannot manufacture God's presence. It's not how you sing. It's not what you play. It's not how you stir people up. No, sir, unless God speaks to the heart of men and women, boys and girls, teenagers, unless God does that, nothing gets done. You can hear something and see something and it uh, appeals to your intellect, it appeals to your ears, it it appeals to you in so many ways, but unless God speaks to a human heart, no spiritual decision gets made. God has to do that. Unless the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. When we purchased this property, we had $2,000 in the bank and we saw it for sale. I called and talked to them and they were willing to sell it to us. I offered $38,000 as a down payment. We had well, I offered 40000 We had 2000 so we owed thirty-eight more. And asked if they'd give us four months to raise that money. The thing is, that was the equivalent of raising a year's worth of income in four months. And in addition to that, we still had to pay the bills of the church as well. But God blessed. People sacrificed. Miss Vicki and I had... Uh, uh, a retirement account, and it, was, it wasn't much. I think it came to like $5,000, but we, we uh, took all the money out of our retirement account and gave that to the land fund. I did not realize that the government would find me $1,700 for giving that away, but, you know, they did. And, uh, and then many of us, for three of those four months, I went out and got a second job. I wasn't delivering newspapers, but I would take uh, some teenagers and we'd go through areas and I would sign up people for the Oregonian. And every dime I made off that went to our building fund. And so we were always looking for ways to raise money. During those early days when we're trying to do that, we had six of our ladies give a diamond ring for us to sell and put into the building fund. Wow. Their diamond ring. Let me just say, probably uh, that's not the best way to do it because diamond rings cost you a whole lot, but if you try to sell it, you get pennies on the dollar. You know, 
they'll say, well, it, it was worth a whole lot, but now it's, you know, anyway. Uh, but God blessed, and we were able to raise the money and then purchase the property. We had a three-year balloon note, 20-year finance, three-year balloon note. But within two years, we were already building our very first building on this property. It was an amazing thing. We built our first building for $18 a square foot. I sure wish we could build like that again, but you'd have to build out a cardboard. Uh, God blessed in unusual ways. Uh, reaching many people for Christ. The very first year, we had 103 people trust Christ as our Savior, as their Savior. And almost uh, all of those, Vicki and I were the ones who led them to Christ in the first year. The second year, we had 253 trust Christ as their Savior. The third year, we saw 503. The next year, we had 1,012. The next year, we had uh, 2,000 people trust Christ. The next year, we saw almost 4,000. The next year, we saw almost 6,000. The next year, you say, well, well where are they all? Uh, give me about 20 years, 30 years, I'll be in heaven, and I'll show you who they are. Because keep in mind, the Great Commission was never about filling a building. It's about filling heaven. It's never about filling a building. That's never been our emphasis. We have big days not to fill a building. We have big days to share the gospel to more people at one time. Other than that, we're telling people about Jesus one-on-one, one-on-two, one-on-three or four, however they're gathered together. But gathering people in one place and sharing the gospel, we can see a lot of people saved. At our last big outreach on Easter before COVID, I preached at, uh, uh, let's see, where was that? At, at the park in, uh, uh, I forgot the name of the park, here in Oregon City. We had 1,000 people there. And in that one service, 250 people trusted Christ as their Savior. It was just amazing. You could have heard a pin drop while the gospel was shared. And when people prayed to receive Christ, it sounded like a choir. It was one of the most amazing things. I'll never forget that as long as I live. I've seen God do things like that over and over and over again. And listen, I'm nobody special. We're nobody special. We're just sinners saved by the grace of God. But let me tell you, if you have a heart to serve God, he will use you. He sure will. It was a testimony of accomplishment, a testimony of God's grace. Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, upon this rock, I will build my church. I did not come to uh, Oregon to build a church. I came to win as many people to Christ as possible I felt like Jesus would build his church. And I still believe that today. It's not our job. That's his job. Our job is to share Jesus with as many people as we can. Jesus' job is to build the church. So that's what he does. What we do is tell others about Jesus so they at least get to go to heaven. Uh, 
Zechariah 4, 6, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. It's a testimony of cooperation. How God's people worked together, how God's people cried out to God, how Samuel prayed for God to deliver the children of Israel. And together they prayed and they sought God and God came through. Throughout these 38 years, we've worked together. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3, 9, for we are laborers together with God. And that's what we've done. We've worked together. Worked together. Many years ago, uh, probably about six to eight years ago, we had a special push in the fall. And um, one, one week we knocked on 10,000 doors throughout this area, inviting them to church. Another uh, week, we went to 1,200 businesses or 1,200 people who worked in businesses throughout Oregon City and gave every uh, person in that business a gift bag with treats in it just to say we love you. Uh, We had business leaders throughout the area come for a luncheon on one week and just let them know our church cares about them. Just last Wednesday, we had about 65 uh, area business people come to the chamber meeting, Oregon City Chamber, meet with us, and and, um, and they love our church. And one of them said, "Thank you, not only what you do for your people, thank you, Grandview, for what you've done to this area." And I believe that God wants a church not to affect the congregants, not the people who show up, but a church should affect its area for the cause of Christ. And by God's grace, we're going to be continuing to do that for a long, long time. Long after I'm in heaven on this corner of Leland and 213, it's going to be a lighthouse for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm so excited about that. We have worked together. We have worked with God. God has been the one we've worked with and we've prayed and we begged him for his blessing and his power and his provision. And may I say in so many miraculous ways, I have no time to tell those things, but God has provided in ways that we had absolutely no clue what to do, how to do it, where it's going to come from. And yet God has done it. Last Sunday, I mentioned to you we were 30,000 Uh, away from raising the two million that was our goal for our new building this year. By Monday, we were at two million thirty four thousand. So that means in that day, sixty four thousand dollars came in. Now, if you'd told me that as a young preacher back in the Carpenters Hall, that twice our yearly income would come in in one day. I would have just fainted and gone to heaven right then, probably. (laughs) And we've given together. We've sacrificed. I know we live in a time of ministry where, you know, we, we have things because God's been good to us, but that's not our history. Our history is we had God and not things, but God was enough. And may I say to you, he's still enough. He's still enough. We're not counting on buildings. We're not, our future is not 
the family center. We're looking forward to that, but our future's God. He's our past. He's our present. He is our future. And God will lead and guide us into the future just as he's brought us to the present. May I say, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, not only will he take you to heaven, but he'll give you a wonderful life here and now if you'll just bend your heart and trust him as your Savior. He has a wonderful plan for every single life. And I don't know what church God will land you in. We're so glad you're here today. This is pretty close to what we have every Sunday, except we have an 8.30 service, an 11 o'clock service, and then our junior high are up on the third floor, and they're here today. Thank you, teens. I appreciate it. You've listened so well. They're wonderful kids. But, but may I say that we're going to look to God for everything. And if you do not have a church, may I recommend a place where you could grow a family, you can serve the Lord, you can be a part, and you'll get to rub shoulders with some of the best Christians in the world. I really believe that what God has given us here at Grandview Baptist Church is a little taste of heaven. Just a little, but a little taste of heaven. That's how I feel all the time. I love you and thank God for you. We're going to have a word of prayer and then we're going to give an invitation. May I say afterwards there's going to be some announcements and we're also going to see a young teenager get baptized. So I'm looking forward to that. Brother TJ is going to baptize. Uh, May I say that if you've been looking for a church and have not yet uh, become a member of Grandview Baptist Church... Members are the ones who get a vote on our new pastor, but if you've fallen in love with uh, Brother Layman as I have, uh, you might want to join the church so you can cast your vote this afternoon as our new pastor. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Let God speak to your heart. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Is there anyone here that would say, Pastor, I... I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm in church, but honestly, I, I don't know if I, if I died, I'd go to heaven. I don't know that Jesus is my Savior. I, I think he might be, but I, I don't know. I wonder if there's anyone this morning while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, is there anybody by the raising your hand would say, Pastor, I, I don't know, but pray for me. Is there anyone at all like that say, Pastor, I don't, I don't know that I'm a Christian, but pray for me. Would you just raise your hand up? Is there anyone at all like that? Wonderful. God bless you. God bless you, girls. Is there anyone else? If you want to know for sure that Jesus is your Savior, all you have to do is ask him. If you're willing to pray and invite Christ in your life and trust him as your Savior, he will save you. 
Would you just word a prayer like this in the privacy of your own heart and say, Dear Jesus, I ask you to save me. Come into my heart and forgive me of all my sin. I right now trust you as my Savior. Please take me to heaven when I die. Thank you. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, would you also raise your hand so I can see? Did you pray that prayer? Did you mean that? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see those hands. Four, five, six hands. God bless you. The most, you can put your hands down. The most important thing that ever happens is the day you trust Christ. And let me say this. When you place faith in Christ, he not only saves you, but he saves you forever. As long as you're in this flesh, you're going to mess up. But Jesus Christ knows that. And he paid for all the sin of your life on Calvary. And because of that, you're going to go to heaven, not because you're good, but because Jesus is good and he lives in you because you invited him. Now, maybe God's speaking to your heart as a Christian about maybe placing your membership here at Grandview Baptist Church. I'm not sure I would join just to vote for a pastor, but I would join because God prompts me to be a part of a church. I do believe every Christian needs to be a part of a church. I believe that's God's will for every single Christian. I I believe I can get that right from the Bible. You ought to be plugged in somewhere. But it may be this is where God wants you plugged in. And if that's the case, we would certainly be honored. If you've been saved and baptized scripturally, that's by immersion after salvation, or if you're willing to, you can be a member of Grandview Baptist Church. Heavenly Father, speak during this invitation. Help us respond as you prompt us to. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand to our feet. The piano's playing. Let God do something in your heart, in your life. spiritual decisions you need to make. Let God speak to your heart. What's the need of your life? What is it that Christ wants to do in your heart? God do something in your heart, in your life. Others have made decisions.
God bless you. You may be seated. We have Roy Harris and Mia Kim that have both come to follow the Lord and Believer's Baptism this morning, so we'll see them uh, get uh, baptized here in a minute. Also, Isaiah Ford and Madeline Wallander have come to place their membership here at Grandview Baptist Church. We're so proud of them. Young couple up here in the uh, balcony, all in favor of receiving Isaiah and Madeline into the membership of Grandview Baptist Church, say amen. 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 Let's give them a big hand up there. Okay, thank you very much. So we're going to have two things take place before we see the next video, and then we'll have the baptism. Uh, We are going to, um, let's see, Brother Jeremy, or do we want to do that after the baptism? After the baptism. Okay, let's watch the next video, and then we'll see the baptisms. And thank you for joining us in celebrating 38 years of God's blessing on our ministry. If you are new to our church, we want to help lead you on a journey of a strong relationship with Christ. One way we facilitate this is through our starting point class, which meets every six to eight weeks. We will meet on Sunday, September 18th, after the 11 a.m. service for about two hours, and we will enjoy a meal together. During this special time, you will learn how to strengthen your relationship with the Lord get connected to other people, and find an area to serve. I wanted to share with you this morning our next book that we'll be going through on September 18th, the book of Judges. You may ask, why the book of Judges? Someone has said Judges is a book about despicable people doing despicable things. But it is much more than that. It shows us the grace of God, His grace to those who don't want it, they don't understand it, but they desperately need it. It shows us our need for our Savior. Though God shows us his love, his goodness, his grace to his people, with raising up good leaders to lift his chosen people out of their mess, in the end, nothing can overcome their tendency to selfishness. Because they did not completely conquer the land, they find themselves dealing and struggling with the tentacles and temptation of their culture they find themselves in. And it ultimately leads to selfishness, through their pride and rebellion. In fact, if you look at the very last verse in Judges, it says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. But Judges also shows us our sin. It shows us our need for a Savior. It shows us that salvation only comes by grace. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It shows us that we can struggle with the idol of self. We are constantly faced with a pluralistic culture of many gods. Often we find ourselves struggling with the tentacles and temptations of the world constantly pulling on us to bring out our own pride and our own rebellion. So how do we deal with this? What can we learn that will help us on an individual daily basis? Well, I hope you will join me on Sunday, September 18th, as we dive into this great book, The Book of Judges. Don't forget to mark your calendars for events coming up in the next few months. 
Tailgate Sunday will be on September 25th. Come to the church in your favorite jersey and bring an adult visitor for a chance to win Blazers, Ducks, or Beavers tickets. Then join us in the parking lot following the service for your choice of free food and a men's flag football game. Sign up today in the foyer if you'd like to play football or if you can help with food. Next, Pumpkin Sunday will be on October 2nd. Come for professional family photos, a petting zoo, inflatables, and an apple slingshot for the kids. Also, you get to pick your own pumpkin from the Grandview Pumpkin Patch. Finally, don't miss Trunk or Treat on October 30th. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you will receive a gift card. Now stick around, enjoy the meal, make some friends, and we'll see you back here in the auditorium in about an hour. months ago on a Wednesday night. She stopped me after church, had some questions about uh, salvation, and a few minutes later with tears in her eyes, she prayed and trusted Jesus Christ as her Savior. And so this morning, she's going to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. Mia, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. This is Roy Harris. Uh, Mia stays at the Harris's house, and when she made a decision to get baptized, uh, Brother Harris had been putting it off for many years, and so he said, if she can do it, I can do it too. And so he's coming forward today to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. Roy, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, bearing the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. That is, that is amazing. Of course, according to our Constitution, when you get baptized, you're automatically a member as well. So that's good news. Uh, Brother Jeremy is going to come and talk to us about uh, the vote. And then Brother Chris is going to talk about how we're going to get it a delicious meal. Okay, it's a historic day here at Grandview Baptist Church. And as the administrative pastor, I've been asked to just give a few instructions for those who will be participating in the pastoral vote after lunch today. First of all, it's reserved for active members 16 years of age and older. Uh, so if, that, if you fit in that category, you're eligible to vote on uh, the pastoral vote. Uh, we're going to have ballots that are pre-printed. They can be picked up at the information desk. They're simple ballots, just yes or no. Um, the ballots will be anonymous. You do not write your name on the ballot, but you will be asked to print your name on a sheet um, so we know who votes, but we won't know how you voted. Um, and um, again, it will just be a simple yes or no vote. Uh, the church constitution requires that the new pastor receive 75% of the vote uh, of those who are in attendance at the business meeting after lunch. Um, and again, the deacons will count the votes uh, during that meeting, and we should have the results um, 
before we dismiss this afternoon. So again, after lunch, you'll go to the information desk out here in the lobby. If you are an active member, 16 years of age or older, and you wish to participate, and there'll be ladies and gentlemen there who will, you will print your name, and then you will pick up your ballot, and then you will vote inside the business meeting. So you bring your, your ballot into the meeting. The ushers or the deacons will collect those ballots. You will not put your name on it. You will vote yes or no, and then the deacons will count it afterwards. So we are thrilled to uh, be a part of this morning's service. We have a meal prepared for everyone today. How many of you have children in the children's ministries in the other building? Raise your hand. Okay, a few of you do. We're going to be dismissing you early. So I'll ask again, how many of you have children in the... We have a great meal. There's a few moving parts that are taking place, so we're going to, once we dismiss, we will dismiss those who have children in the children's ministries. We want you to go get your children, and we'll dismiss you first, but let me explain what we're doing. It's very simple. Just out these double doors to my left is where the food line will start, so we'll literally start the line in here We'll go down the front here, out these double doors, and the food is right down that hallway, okay? As you get your food there, it's all lined up and organized. There's a whole lot of seating throughout our foyer. So please find a seat and enjoy a meal together. We would ask that as you find a place to sit, if you would choose a table and then go to that uh, farthest empty chair and try to fill that in so that uh, we can use our space wisely, and seat everyone for the meal. And so we're looking forward to a great time of fellowship before we come back in the auditorium here in just a bit. So if you have children in the children's ministries and you need to go pick them up, we're going to let you go first, if you will, out these double doors, please. If you'll go out these double doors to my left, and that way the children's workers get to eat also. And so that'll be a great time. All right. If you're still deciding if you have children, (laughs) all right. Thank you so much. God bless you. Let them go. We're all exiting out these double doors, by the way. Ushers, we're not exiting out these doors, okay? So if you can help us with that, because our food line goes right through that door, okay? And it will become a one-way hallway through here. And then down the hallway. Very simple, okay? Let's pray together for the meal, and then we will be dismissed to create the line and get started. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here this morning and celebrating 38 years. Your hand of blessing has definitely been upon this church. We're thankful for Pastor and Miss Vicki and the many years of dedication, obeying you, following you, leading us. And I pray a special blessing and continuance on their lives. We're thankful for each and every one today who chosen to be here. We're thankful, Lord, for the food that's been provided for us. I pray that you would please bless this food to our bodies, bless our time of fellowship as we continue throughout our afternoon back in here later. And we will thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Let's create a line right through here, please. <laughs>